Hi, I'm Melissa with Mixin' Some Magic. I'm a Disney planning expert and I'm here to mix a little magic into your day. Each week I share Disney vacation planning tips, park strategies, and a little bit of Disney history sprinkled in. Of course, I like to include lots of Disney magic. Join me, let's mix in some magic. Welcome! Thank you for being here. I'm so glad you're here. Hopefully you're having a great week. Hopefully you have something fun planned for the weekend. I am doing a Disney Utah Friends Party this Friday night that I'm really excited about. We're having it at a park. We're going to have dinner. A bunch of people are coming that I've never met, so I'm really excited to get to know new Disney friends, and we're going to have a raffle. Everybody's going to win a prize, and then there's a huge grand prize that I'm going to be giving away that I'm excited about. So that's what I'm going to be doing this weekend, and I really can't wait. I think it's going to be fun. Hopefully you have something fun coming up this weekend, too. Well, the big news for this week is that Disneyland finally released their dates for Halloween time at the Disneyland Resort. So, beginning September 2nd, it will officially be Halloween time at Disneyland. And the Oogie Boogie Bash is going to be coming back and lots of fun things are happening. So, Halloween time will run September 2nd through October 31st. This means that... The Haunted Mansion is going to be closed for the last two weeks in August. We don't have official dates that it will go down, but it goes down for about two weeks to transform into Haunted Mansion holiday. So if you're visiting the last two weeks of August, plan on Haunted Mansion being closed. Now I want to read you a little bit from the Disney Parks blog so you can know what to expect if you're going to be visiting during Halloween time. It says Halloween time at the Disneyland Resort will cast its eerie spell September 2nd through October 31st, 2022, featuring seasonal decor, Halloween-themed attractions, photo opportunities with favorite Disney characters and villains, plus specialty treats and more. There is something for everyone during this spooktacular celebration. I'm really excited. I love the Halloween treats at Disneyland during Halloween time. They have, I mean, they have specialty treats that come out for all their different holidays, but I especially love the Halloween ones. And years ago, they had the very best treat that I've ever had at Disneyland. And it was at Halloween time. It was the churro Sunday, And it was so good. And then they discontinued it and they didn't have it last year. And I have high hopes that maybe someday, maybe this year even, they will bring it back. Oh, dreams come true. It was so good. So it was cookie dough ice cream and then smeared around the edges of the cup. They had cookie butter and then they drizzled cookie butter sauce over the top of the cookie dough ice cream and then they had two churros on the sides and it sounds so simple and it was, but it was so good. There was something so good about it. I even recreated it at home. So I have a copycat recipe, which is good, but it's not quite the same as having it at Disneyland. I'll put a link to the copycat recipe, though, if you want to check it out. But it's really my favorite treat at Disneyland. I hope they bring it back. It was so popular. Why wouldn't they bring it back? Who knows? Keep your fingers crossed, though. Um, there's also going to be lots of Halloween fun at Downtown Disney. They're going to have all their colorful pumpkin decor up. There's always fun holiday flavors over at Salt and Straw at Downtown Disney. So I recommend if you're going to Disneyland during the Halloween time, 
Check out Downtown Disney if you have time. If you're like cutting out half a park day to go to Downtown Disney, probably not worth it. But if you have a few hours on the day that you arrive or the day that you leave and you need to fill some time, head to Downtown Disney and check it out over at the Grand Californian in the lobby. The last couple of years, they've had a big gingerbread display that's like Halloween themed. Last year, it was an oogie boogie, like gingerbread cake type thing. It was really cool. So go and check that out if you have time. Over at the Plaza de la Familia in California Adventure, they're going to have their celebrations for the Dia de los Muertos back again, which was really fun last year. They had lots of live entertainment and they had free crafts for the kids and lots of fun interactive experiences. So that was really cool. So I'm glad that's coming back. And of course, the Oogie Boogie Bash is going to be coming back as well. It's going to be held at California Adventure Park on 23 select nights starting September 6th through October 31st. Now, I can't remember how many they had last year, but I don't think it was 23. I feel like they have added a few new parties this year, which is good because it's going to be extremely popular, of course. I feel like it's getting more and more popular every year for good reason because it really is so fun. And new this year is they are having an official, like, exclusive night for D23 members, an exclusive Oogie Boogie Bash party for them. So their party is September 10th. So if you are a D23 member and want to go to Oogie Boogie Bash, that is your night. That is your special party. So this year, it's kind of different. Tickets for the Oogie Boogie Bash are going to go on sale on June 28th for Magic Key Holders and D23 members only. And then on June 30th, it will open up to general admission. So if you're a Magic Key Holder, you get a little bit extra time to buy your tickets before they open up to everybody. It says that they will be available June 28th, no earlier than 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. There is a limited amount of Oogie Boogie Bash tickets that are like set aside pre-sale for Magic Key Holders. So if you are interested in going and you're a Magic Key Holder or a D23 member, you're going to want to get on and get your tickets right away on June 28th before they open up to the general public. There is a limit of eight tickets per person, so you can't go and buy 150 tickets and then try to resell them for a profit. That would be wrong. You can only buy eight tickets and don't turn around and resell them for a profit because that would be wrong. Um, tickets, the prices vary depending on the night that you are going. Most of the parties are on Tuesday night, Thursday night, or Sunday night. There is one Saturday party, maybe two. I can't remember. All of the dates are listed on my website and how much they cost. I think they range in price from like $129 to $179. I will put a link to the Oogie Boogie Bash in the show notes so that you can click on it, figure out which dates will work for you, then you can see the prices as well. If you are planning on visiting, I recommend doing the Oogie Boogie Bash as one of your park days. It is totally exhausting to try to show up for your Disney vacation, do Disneyland, and then try to also do the Oogie Boogie Bash all in one day. I recommend just taking that as a rest day or as your arrival day. My plan is to arrive on the day of my Oogie Boogie Bash sometime in the 
you know, later morning, early afternoon, be able to check into my hotel, get settled, and then head over into the party because you can get into California Adventure at 3 p.m. So I hate for people who are not magic key holders to pay for an additional day at Disneyland when they only have until 3 p.m. to use it. It just seems like an extra expense. You'll be extra tired. So I recommend using the Oogie Boogie Bash as your arrival day or as a rest day. So maybe you've been to Disneyland a couple of days before and then you just sleep in, maybe swim a little bit, take it easy, and then be there right when you can get into the Oogie Boogie Bash. That's what I recommend. Obviously, you can do whatever you want. But it is hard to go for a few days at Disneyland and then hop over and do Oogie Boogie Bash, in my opinion. Plus, it's extra expensive to do it that way. If you're paying $129 plus for the party, you might as well kind of make it your Disney day for that day, if that makes any sense. That's all the Disney news that I have for you today. I'll put a link in my show notes about Halloween time at Disneyland as well because there's lots of information on my website all about what you can expect, what different things are offered at Halloween time, and all kinds of information that will be helpful for you so that you can check that out. I have a guest joining me today that I'm really excited about. Her name is Sam. She runs an Instagram account called Almost Free Traveling, where she talks about using points and rewards from credit cards to get to Disneyland, to save money on your Disney vacations, or sometimes even get your Disney vacations for free, which is awesome. I mean, even if you can save a little bit on a Disney vacation, that is worthwhile. And so she's going to be joining me in a few minutes, and she's going to give us some tips and information on how it works. And then you can see if maybe this system is something that might work out for you and help you and your family get to Disney or save money on your Disney vacations. So let's take a quick break, and when I come back, then I'll have Sam with me from Almost Free Traveling. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Mix In Some Magic. If you're heading to Disneyland soon or Disney World, now is the time to buy your tickets. It's becoming really popular to visit Disneyland at Halloween time and during the holidays for good reason because it is so much fun. So if you are planning on visiting any time between now and the end of the year, you need to get your tickets now, you need to book your hotel now, and you need to make your park reservations as soon as possible. You can make park reservations 120 days in advance. And I don't want you to hesitate if you're planning on going and miss out on the very best deals. Right now, my partners at Getaway Today have a buy four days, get the fifth free which is amazing. It's one of my favorite deals that they do. They also have really great deals on hotels, but they've told me that their hotels are booking up quickly. So if you are going soon, get on their website, give them a call, book your hotel, get your tickets as soon as possible. You don't want to miss out on the very best deals. You don't want to get stuck at some super expensive hotel 15 miles away from Disneyland because you waited too long to grab your reservation. So make sure you do that and then you'll be ready to make your park reservations as soon as you're able because I want you to have the very best trip possible and my friends at Getaway Today too. too. They have the very best customer service. They're honestly nice people who really care about 
about you and want you to have a great vacation. So I'll put a link to them in my show notes. Check them out. I know you're going to love them. Hi, Sam. How's it going? Hi, Melissa. I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining me. I'm really excited to chat with you today. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited too. Okay. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Let's see. My name is Sam and I run Almost Free Traveling or my accounts on Instagram and my website. And I am a native Oregonian and I still live outside Portland, Oregon with my husband, who's also from the area. And we're just here raising our three school age kids who are getting bigger all the time as kids do. So we have one graduating high school next year and one entering high school this fall and one entering middle school this fall. So it's a super fun um, family type time in our house. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, let's ask some questions. We can get to know your Disney side if you're okay with that. I'm so okay talking about anything Disney. Oh, good. Cause that's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me what is your favorite Disney park? I know you know, Melissa, you gave me this question in advance. It's so hard to choose, but <laughs> probably between just Disneyland and California Adventure. We grew up on the West Coast. My husband and I both grew up driving down to LA to go to the parks our whole lives and have family down there. And so it's really kind of this nostalgic place for us that is, was formed early on in our memories and we still love going back. So I would say the California parks for sure. Awesome. And what's your favorite ride? Okay, so I would say generally the rides that we love are the music rides. So anything that's incorporating songs like Guardians of the Galaxy and um, both Guardians of the Galaxy is, although I haven't, of course, ridden the one at Disney World yet where they're <laughs> incorporating rock or pop or something like that. But <laughs> my most favorite ride is Incredicoaster at California Adventure because I love thrill rides. And I just love Pixar Pier. I think that Pixar Pier is this iconic Disney creation that has really captured California and this boardwalk feel. And so that's my favorite place to hang out. And it's kind of unique among, like amongst all the Disney parks probably in the world is Pixar Pier. What about you? Oh, my favorite ride? I don't know. I have a real hard time with that. It's whatever <laughs> ride I'm on. <laughs> that's a great answer. <laughs> and that's my favorite. I love almost all of them. There's a few that I don't enjoy, but I love almost all of them. Yep. They're just fun. So mm -hmm. what is your favorite thing to eat when you're at one of the Disney parks? I mean, I love the raspberry rose macaron. I really, it's not overrated. Everyone mm -hmm. talks about it for a reason. And it's even gluten-free. I see it on gluten-free accounts. So everyone can eat that. Um, so that's always a great choice at Disneyland. And I also love anything pork belly that Disneyland or any Disney park makes. So 
you know, the Bengal barbecue mm-hmm. skewers, or they've had them at the um, food festivals at California Adventure or at Oga's Cantina. So I think Disney does pork belly really well. Yum. Now you're making me hungry. <laughs> I don't think I've had the pork belly skewers at Bengal Boulevard. Bengal Boulevard. That's where I... <laughs> oh my gosh. It. That's so funny because I... We lived on a street called Bengal Boulevard years oh, ago. <laughs> like years ago. And it just popped into my head. I love Bengal it. Bengal barbecue. <laughs> yes. You have to try it. The pork belly skewer. I know. I'm going to have to because I always get the one beef and the one chicken. So mm. I better try the pork belly. Do it next time. I, I love their rice though. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I pretty much love everything there. We always mobile order from there. Oh, yeah. It's yummy. Okay. What is on your Disney bucket list? Okay. So it's kind of big, but our Disney bucket list is to join the Six Castle Club. If you've heard of that, which is... Tell us about it. Well, it's to go to every Disneyland in the world. So Mm -hmm. there's six of them. California, Orlando, Paris, Tokyo, Shanghai, Hong Kong. So... It's a big goal. We've been to two Disneylands, the ones, I mean, we've been to Disneyland, of course, and Magic Kingdom. And this fall, we're going to Disneyland Paris. So then oh. we will only have, I know, super exciting. It is. After that, we'll just have the three Asia parks to go to someday when Asia opens back up for travel. Oh, that sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. So fun. I love it. Okay, well, you on your website and your Instagram, then you share information and tips and things to help people use like credit card points to travel to Disney parks. Is that right? That's right. Yes. Well, I'm excited to learn about this because I've dabbled a little bit, but I don't know a lot about it. So I'm just going to let you take it away and tell us everything you know. Awesome. Well, I, a little bit later, I want you to share about how you've dabbled, but I'll just start by sharing how we got into this, which is, you know, we're a family of five and for a long time we were living on a nonprofit salary. So not tons of discretionary income for Disneyland and travel and things. So I was just always searching the internet for how to visit Disney for less. Mm -hmm. And one day I discovered someone talking about credit card, using credit card welcome bonuses to pay for flights, hotel, and even tickets and things for Disney. And that really captured my interest. So this is not about credit card debt. I want to say that right up front. This is actually responsible credit card use where you open a credit card, put all of your expenses on it, pay it off every month. And then after you hit what is called the minimum spend, you receive a welcome bonus of points that you can then use for redemptions for flights and hotels and all those things. Right. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So that's kind of just what we started doing. And we, since 2019, we've taken our family to Disneyland twice for almost free. And last month, my husband and I were at Walt Disney World and we got our tickets for free because of credit card points. So this is just really become a way of life for us. And as I talked to people about it, they would ask me all these questions. And so I thought I should really just start an Instagram account, a blog, all those things. And that's, that's how almost free traveling was born. 
That's awesome. And I think it's such great information because I think we've all heard about people doing this, but it seems like kind of like this mythical unicorn where you're like, well, Mm -hmm. what's the catch though? Like what's Mm -hmm. really going on? So I'm so excited that you're able to share with us some tips and information. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, it, it seems too good to be true and it might not be for everyone, but I think if you, if you don't have a big purchase, like a home coming up, if your credit is great, so maybe between um, $775 and $800, and if you can responsibly track credit cards, this is the, the one that a lot of people say, but I'm just not organized. And I actually say, don't start doing this until you can make a commitment to be organized. You need you know, an app like the Travel Freely app or a spreadsheet or something where you can just have all the details in front of you and be responsible for paying these off. Because if you if you go into debt or forget to make a payment or anything like that, it, it just defeats the whole purpose, you know? Right. We don't want people going into debt trying to get a free trip. We don't. <laughs> we don't. The goal is to save money. Exactly. So I think maybe the best thing to say is there's lots of different cards you could open, but not every card is right for everyone. So I like to just give a few of my favorites and then people can choose. And of course, if you, I can help anyone afterwards, if you contact me, I will help you find the right card for you. But basically there's different banks that you can get credit cards from. And you want to start with the right bank. You want to start with Chase. And there's Mm -hmm. a reason for that. And that's because they offer lots and lots of great credit cards for travel, but they also limit the amount of credit cards that anyone can open from any bank within a two-year period. So this, you may have seen this on the internet. People call it the 524. And the reason they say that is because Chase will only give you a credit card if you've opened less than five credit cards in the past 24 months. So I just want to start there. Okay. So for that reason, I always recommend people look at Chase and see if there's any cards they want from Chase before Chase is going to stop giving them cards. So the Chase Sapphire Preferred is a really popular card. It has, it's accessible. I like to suggest accessible cards to people. And when I say accessible, I mean, it's, going to have a low enough minimum spend that I think most people are going to be able to reach it in a few months, but it's Mm -hmm. going to give you a lot of points when you hit that minimum spend. Gotcha. Because you want as many points as possible when you're opening a credit card, right? That's right. This is all about welcome bonuses. I mean, you can get granular and figure out, oh, which cards are going to earn me three times per dollar, three times miles per dollar when I buy groceries and things like that. And that's great. But really the welcome bonuses are where you're going to get a whole bunch of points that you're going to apply to your next trip. Gotcha. So yeah, with Chase, again, number one, start with Chase, consider the, the Sapphire Preferred. And the reason you want to start with that one is, like I said, it's accessible. I think it's usually spend $4,000 in three months, earn 60,000 or 80,000 ultimate rewards. And it has a $95 annual fee, which is pretty low comparatively. Mm -hmm. One of the 
best benefits about the Sapphire Preferred and about Ultimate Rewards in general is that you can transfer them to so many different airlines and hotels. And when you transfer points, you usually get more value out of your points. So this would be a great time, Melissa, for you to share about your Southwest Airlines experience, because this is something a lot of people love to get the Chase Sapphire. Southwest cards so they can earn the companion pass and then pump Chase Ultimate Rewards into their Southwest account off of opening new credit cards like the preferred. Can you okay. share about your Southwest card? Yeah. So this is what we did when I said we dabbled with credit card points. Um, a couple of years ago, then we opened two Chase Southwest cards. They didn't, they only gave us Southwest points. They weren't didn't mm -hmm. have points for anything else. And we got two of them because they had high bonuses. And when we open the two together, you can combine the bonus points. Mm -hmm. And so we got the two cards. I think we had to pay spend like $3,000 on each of them within three months, mm -hmm. if I remember correctly. But then after that, then we were really close to earning a companion pass. And the companion pass means that... Um, I could travel anywhere I wanted that Southwest flies when I buy a ticket and then I can bring a companion for free. Mm -hmm. And that was really, really, um, what's the word? Appealing, I guess. That was mm -hmm. appealing to us because there were so many places we wanted to travel with our kids. And if we can get one of the flights free, plus be earning points towards free flights with our credit card use, then that was really appealing to us. So we did that. We were able to get the companion pass and we had it for almost a year and a half. And during that time, it was really great because we also had extra points for flights and we were able to fly most places. I mean, we went to Florida, to Disney World for almost free using our points and we would buy, you know, on sales when Southwest would have sales, but it kind of opened up the whole United States to us where before we would drive as many places as possible because it was just so expensive to fly six people. But when we can basically pay very little for airfare, then it really opens up a lot of options for traveling. So that's what we've done in the past. We haven't been doing it lately because of COVID, but now I'm thinking we need to get back, do it again. I think you do too. I mean, this is the only reason we don't have this card is because we live in the Northwest and it's kind of the only place that doesn't have a Southwest hub. I think mm -hmm. maybe the Northeast, I'm not sure, but for most people in most parts of the country, this is a no brainer. You open the Southwest card and you open it. Usually the best time is in the fall, maybe in October mm -hmm. because what you want to do, I'm not, I might not get these numbers exactly right, but basically you open the card and you want to, after you get the welcome bonus, you need to spend a certain amount to earn a certain amount of um, points to, to qualify for the fair. And you want to try to qualify in January of a calendar year, because once you qualify, you get it for a full year, I think, or maybe two full years. Anyway, I think it's a year. It used to be as soon as you qualified it, you got it for the rest of that year plus the next year but I don't know what it is now. I'm not sure either, but either way, the I know that the way that people love to do this is to open it strategically around October so that you're qualifying as early in January as possible. So then you have your companion pass 
like Melissa said, for the rest of that year. So this is like number one. If you don't do anything else after this call, consider this Southwest card and the companion pass for your family. Yeah, it's really great. And then the idea is you're paying off all your purchases as you go. So you're not carrying a balance. You're not racking up interest. And then when your companion pass ends, you cancel those credit cards and then reapply using your spouse because I don't think you can get their credit cards back to back. I don't know the rules, but then you're, it's under your spouse's name and then you can do the whole thing all over again. Absolutely. I, I do believe that's what people do. And I think you can open the cards every 24 months. So you do, yeah, you put yourself on a cycle where you open the card. Like Melissa said, you earn the fare, then you close the card. Your spouse opens the card, earns the fare. So you could set it up so that you're on a cycle where you always have a companion pass going Mm -hmm. through your family. And I like what you mentioned just in terms of how to do this. Um, Again, you're opening a card and then you're putting all of your spending on it. So just think of all the things we spend money on, no matter what our income is, we're all buying groceries and get putting gas in our cars, which is super expensive right now and Mm -hmm. clothing our families and paying for activities. And I think if, if you're not sure if this, if you're going to be able to reach minimum spends, just track for a month or two, how much you spend and I, I think most people can do this. We're just not used to thinking, um, to tracking it like this, but I think it's attainable for most people to hit your average minimum spend, which is about three to 4,000 every three months. Right. Yeah, I think so. So, uh, one other, um, lucrative transfer partner I wanted to talk about with Chase is Hyatt. And Hyatt is a favorite hotel chain for a lot of people because um, you can transfer ultimate rewards to Hyatt and um, find usually really low redemptions uh, in Hyatt hotels, Mm -hmm. actually all over the world, including if you want to go beyond Disney, there's great all-inclusives all over the world, basically, that... um, are attainable with Hyatt points. So um, they also, Chase offers a Hyatt credit card, which some people get, which it doesn't have a great sign-up bonus, but I think if you're going to be loyal to Hyatt, it it would be a good investment. It comes with an annual free night certificate. Um, So that's another one to consider before you move on to another bank is Hyatt. Okay. Now, when you get this Chase Sapphire card, for those um, reward points, you can redeem them. How do they do it? Is it like a cash back or how do you redeem them for whatever you want? They're very, very flexible, which is one of the reasons it's so popular. So the first way, the most lucrative way to get the most value out of your reward is to transfer. And the most popular transfer partners are Southwest, United Airlines, if you want to fly overseas. Um, and Hyatt is the most popular hotel to transfer to for the reasons that I shared. But you can also book travel through their portal. So if you book, if you have the Sapphire Preferred and you go into the Chase Travel Portal, which is just like an Expedia or something, it's like you're just going in and looking at flights and hotels on the Chase website, Mm -hmm. then your points are worth 1.25 
because you have the preferred. So that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. And then there's just basic ways, like a one-to-one way to redeem your points, which is just basically a statement credit. But sometimes people just want to buy their Disney tickets. And we're going to talk about that next. Sometimes people just want their Disney tickets to be free. And so Uh if you buy Disney tickets on your preferred card, you can use, let's say you got 60,000 points in your signup bonus, you would just give yourself a $600 statement credit with those points to help cover your Disney tickets. I gotcha. So you would use that bonus to just pay for the tickets. That's right. Awesome. So yeah, um, tickets are, it's probably one of the things I get asked for the most because it's not the most obvious. Um, I mean, everyone can figure out ways to get airline points and hotel points, but for tickets, I love the Capital One miles for tickets. And that's basically there's two cards with Capital One that are great for Disney tickets. The Venture, which has a $95 annual fee, and the Venture X, which has a $395 annual fee, but it's really great if you need things like priority pass. If you're going to be, if you need restaurant and lounge access in airports because you travel a lot, then priority pass is totally worth it for the Venture mm-hmm. X. Mm-hmm. But on both of those Venture cards, you only have to spend $4,000 in three months and you earn 75,000 miles, which is essentially $750 towards oh, wow. Disneyland tickets. Yeah. And you're just using it to buy things that you were going to buy anyway. Absolutely. I love that you put it that way. You're not, you're only, you're just, um, buying anything that you would need to buy any, anyway, any medical expense, braces, car insurance, all those things that we have to pay. If you can pay for it with a credit card, put it on your credit card. Right. Cause you're already spending that money anyway. So you might as well be getting some type of reward back for it. I think so. And I was going to mention, so when you are buying Disney tickets on a Capital One card to make sure that it's erasable, to make sure you can use your miles to erase it from your statement, you need to have it code as travel. And if you buy tickets straight from Disney, they actually code as entertainment. So. Yes, this is this is an important note. And I know that on your um, Instagram, you have a getaway today link. Is that right, Uh Melissa? Yeah. Okay. so here you want to make sure that when you're buying your tickets, you're going through Melissa's getaway today link because getaway today is a travel agency and they will code as travel on your statement. And then if you use your venture card to buy the tickets, then when you get your statement, it'll code as travel from getaway today and you can erase it off of your card. Interesting. I bet that messes a lot of people up because they have no idea. Yeah, I think that, I mean, I think that everyone is, the information is getting out there, which is good. I mean, it won't, it won't matter on a card like a preferred as much, but I still tell people to use a third party like getaway today because you're going to get a discount. So why right. not? get a discount and then be able to erase the charge, right? Yeah, exactly. That makes total sense. Yeah. 
So we've talked about Chase. We've talked a little bit about Capital One. The other bank that I like to cover is Citi because Citibank has some great cards. And one of them that's really accessible is the Citi Premier card. And the welcome bonus goes up and down. I think right now it's comparable to the other two. It's, you know, spend three or $4,000 in three months and you'll earn 60 to 80,000 points for only a 95 dollar annual fee. And one thing I really like about the city premiere is that I believe you get three times miles per dollar spent on things like dining and groceries. Mm -hmm. So if you are in a situation where you're not opening a credit card or you're not sure which one to open next, but you want to be getting the most out of your card, you do want to have a card that's going to multiply and give you like a three times multiplier on these basic purchases that we're all making. So a city premier rewards card, that's the other one that I like to recommend. Do people ever get like several different credit cards from different banks or does that just get too confusing? If you were to do a Southwest one and a city bank and all of those, does that get really confusing? You know, People absolutely get cards from different banks. I have cards from different banks. Um, I really think the key is making yourself, number one, make sure you have a spreadsheet or something like the Travel Freely app that's going to track all this. Number two, make sure that you're prioritizing Chase cards so that you don't find yourself, oh, no, I opened too many non-Chase cards and now I can't get the, you know, Southwest card. Right. But yes, I think every bank offers lucrative cards and it's good. I mean, I haven't even covered Amex and that's kind of because I haven't ventured into Amex yet very much, but they have some good cards. The Amex Gold, I think you get four times on groceries, four times miles for every dollar mm. spent, which is a really great multiplier on something we all purchase. So yeah, all the banks have contenders. So for people just starting out though, the Chase Sapphire, that's the one to look into first. That's the one I always recommend as a starter card because it's from Chase, has all the travel partners, points are flexible. Yes. And anyone who needs coaching on this, slide into my DMs. I'd be happy to help you start. That's awesome. I will put a link to your Instagram and your website in the show notes so that people can easily find you. But I feel like my head is spinning. There's so many things <laughs> I hadn't thought of. And now I have like all these things to think about and maybe some new travel options. Well, when's your next Disney trip? Not till August. Okay. You might still have time to, you know, open a card and earns well. That might be a quick turnaround, but maybe the trip after that you could fund through one of these tricks. I know. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yes. Let me know if you do. Yeah, that would be so great. Well, I appreciate you coming on and sharing all this information. I think it's going to be really helpful to a lot of people. It's so fun to share. And just my hope and dream is that more families can go to Disney more often and for less because of discovering credit card welcome bonuses. Well, it really is great because so many people feel like traveling and family vacations are just out of their reach. But this is using money that you're already spending. So this is just extra that you're just not taking advantage of if you're not using these credit cards. 
Absolutely. Well said. Oh, I love it. Very exciting. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Melissa. It was really fun. It was nice talking to you. You too. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much, Sam, for coming on my podcast and sharing all this amazing information with us. I think there's so many people who are interested in using credit card rewards to fund their vacations, but they're just not sure where to start, and it can seem really overwhelming. So thank you for explaining things to us, laying out the process, and being willing to help us because I'm sure that I will have questions down the road and you may have questions down the road too. So I'm going to put a link to all of Sam's information in the show notes. Her Instagram is almost free traveling. I'll put a link to her website in the show notes as well. So you can check her out and ask her any questions if you have them. Thank you, Sam. I really appreciate it. I'm going to get back to using our Southwest rewards, try to earn that companion pass because it really does make a difference when you can save money on airfare, tickets, food, all the things. Maybe we can all earn ourselves a free Disney trip. Wouldn't that be amazing? Who doesn't need a free Disney trip? If you are interested in checking out the Southwest credit card from Chase to see if that might help you get on your Disney trips faster, earn free airfare, companion pass, that sort of thing, I've got a link that I will put in the show notes that you can check out. If you use this link, then I get a few bonus points on my Southwest account, but it doesn't cost you anything extra. So if you're going to sign up, I would love it if you would use my link. That would be super helpful. Thank you so much for being here. You're the best. I appreciate you so much. If you are so inclined, I would love it if you would rate and review my podcast and subscribe. When you rate and review, it really helps people find me. That's how I grow. And when you subscribe, then you won't miss a single episode. So thank you. I really appreciate you. You're the best. I will be back next week with something new. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk soon.